Welcome to the Tim's Take. When the baby sleeps, we podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. And welcome to our first episode. We're glad to be doing this. We recorded the trailer, I don't know, just a week and a half ago, and we had no idea what kind of baby was hanging out, kicking within Rachel. And now we know we have a baby boy. He's here. He's here, which is so surreal on so many levels. It was so strange because you still, even at the time we recorded the trailer, had no idea when he was going to arrive on the scene. And he came at 39 weeks and five days. Yeah, I think that's right. Which was a joy and a gift (laughs) that he came early. (laughs) Early was always going to be a big gift. And so now we're kicking off the podcast. So this is officially episode one, kind of giving a weekly audio journal of our journey as parents. So each week you will hear some highs, some lows, and what we call some takes. It could be hot opinions, it could be recommendations, it could be all kinds of things as we experience them. Should we add a disclaimer here that we are not claiming to be parenting experts nor encouraging other people to follow our advice? Yes, we definitely should. <laughs> this is a podcast journal documenting our failures our experiments, everything in between. Yeah. I you may maybe another name for this podcast could be like the grain of salt podcast or something like uh. that. You know? <laughs> but we, we're glad that you're listening and hope it's fun to kind of follow along with our journey. We're brand new at this. Our baby boy's name is Oliver. He is our first child. We have watched some other people parent and maybe learn some things from them. You say that as if we haven't learned anything from our friends, and that's not true. It's just you have no idea until it happens what it's going to be like for you. That's irritatingly true to me because I, you know, people will say that you have no idea what's coming. I'm like, yeah, but I kind of do. And there is actually a little bit of truth. Like you do know, you know, you're going to be tired probably at some point. You know, they're going to cry and be fussy. You know that these things are coming, but there is that deeper knowledge Right. Experience, mm-hmm. lived in knowledge. Yeah, it's that lived in knowledge that you really don't have. Well, should we dive in? Yeah. Where do you want to start with highs or lows? It's all a blur. <laughs> well, those hopefully those are not blurred together for you. Hopefully they are separate and that they feel like you've had lows and highs. <laughs> Shall we start with lows then? Sure. Okay. We'll start this one with lows. Why don't you kick off? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, my low came probably we had been home maybe two or three days from the hospital and we had fed him gotten him down this was later in the evening and we're like great we could watch a show someone graciously had brought us dinner so we didn't have to cook that night which is wonderful so we were sitting there getting ready to eat we sat down to watch the west wing and we made it mostly through the episode but he starts oliver starts to fuss at the end and so you know The end of this like peaceful moment is coming near Mm. and I just started crying because it was this realization that yes, there have been lots of wonderful things, which we'll get to, but there is some grief and loss in what Matt and I had and the ease of sitting down next to each other on the couch, watching a West Wing and having dinner and then being able to move on to the next thing and it all 
was very simple and easy yeah. before Oliver. <laughs> and now we're on his schedule and his timeline. And it just felt like a lot. It felt like a big moment of transition. And even that, that was one of the first times I think we'd sat on the couch together, right? Because Rachel often, for for purposes of feeding Oliver, is sitting in a chair, a single chair that's much easier. So I'd kind of been on a couch a lot of the time. You'd been in that chair. In that moment, we decided to both sit on the couch next to each other. No, we didn't. Oh, we didn't. You were in the rocker. I was on the couch. And then you had to come over when I started crying. <laughs> oh, that's what happened. I remember being on the couch when you started crying. Obviously, our memories are a little fuzzy just a few days later. But yeah. So well, that was a low. Just a realization of the change that is happening. Yeah, that's a really fair low. I mean, my low, you know, I had the easiest gig of all. I'm not brand new to the world like little Oliver. I also have not just gone through labor and given birth and had basically my body be traumatized in the effort to bring a miracle of life. But one of the one of the lows for me has been, and this has kind of been maybe a theme with kind of distinct moments, is just the pain of recovery for Rachel and the frustration that she's experienced of the limitations that she has, her body just forces upon herself. It's really hard to watch you go through that. Because there's nothing I can do. I mean, there's lots of things I can do in one sense. Like, I can help, and I hope you <laughs> I hope you feel like I've done that. I do, for the record. Um, thanks. I actually, this whole thing was just to get you to make that comment. So I have on the record you acknowledging my helpfulness. For all those doubters who <laughs> thought Matt doubt. wasn't going to help at all, which, which there were a few. <laughs> which there have been some, apparently. And I'm rather distressed about that. Maybe that'll be a future Tim mistake. <laughs> I'm here to say he has been immensely helpful. <laughs> No, but even with the things I can do, there are things I can't do. And I can't make you feel better. I can't heal your body. And that just takes time and it takes patience. And I mean, there's things I can do to help free that up. But it's hard. It's hard when it's like particularly painful for you. That I just have to sit there and be like, I'm sorry. Thank you for what you've done for our family. It's There's been particularly nights. Nights are often harder, right? Where that's just been particularly challenging. And then there's all the anxieties. I mean, this may be a twofer, but there's all the anxieties of navigating parenthood for the first time because you have no idea what's normal for your child. And so if he's kind of grunting a lot like he was one night, what is a grunt? And then, of course, you get on Google because this is the age we live in. It's like some grunts are fine. Some grunts are like dangerously bad, maybe. And yeah, I had one 2 a.m. Google Fest that did not put me in the best frame of mind uh, while he wasn't calming down. This is like the advice that you should never WebMD your own I symptoms know. because you I always know. think it's worse so than it, it is. Yeah, it's like a cardinal rule, but there's no way any of us are not going to do that. No, right? of course we're going to. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, that's new. That's weird. That's strange. He'll be fine. Huh? If only there was a resource I could consult. Yeah, But anyway. So those are, those are some lows, but there have been some highs too, right? Definitely. Do you want to go first again? Uh, sure. Okay. My high came last night, actually, when I was holding him. We were sitting on the couch this time together watching the, we're learning. the same show. <laughs> we're learning. Uh, and Oliver was with us, and I was kind of holding him in front of me. And at one point, he locked eyes with me, and he just had this hilarious face and he was just staring me down and who knows right like babies apparently can't see super far and a distance at this point but he was he was within a foot so I feel like it's possible but he mm -hmm. just 
locked eyes, was not blinking, would not let go. It was just hilarious. It wasn't even necessarily, oh, that's so sweet. It was just so funny. He just had the weirdest face. It just had me cracking up. Uh, And then he did this little wave at one point. And it just felt like one of the first times that, yeah, we weren't just surviving and trying to get this little person to continue living each day. It was, (laughs) oh, he has personality and he's going to be connected to us and make us laugh. And it was like, Oh, yeah, this is a joyful change Yeah, too, to our lives. I love it because we're such meaning-making people, right? Because for him, these are all reflexes. He's probably looking at a place where he hears noise. He di- can't differentiate. His wave was probably a, one of these startle <laughs> reflexes in his arm. But for both of us, we're like, oh, my gosh, he waved. He's like, engaging he's with engaging us. With uh-huh. us. And that will come, come, you know, in more and more yeah. intensity. But, yeah, you feel that even just in these first few days, kind of that craving as a parent, I think. That's a great high. I have wonderful video of Rachel. I was filming him, but you see Rachel's arm and her arm is literally shaking because she's laughing as he's just staring her down. It was awesome. It's fantastic. My high came while we were actually still in the hospital with him. So part of what happened early on for Oliver was that he had to go to the NICU. So he, he came out and he was, well, goes back to grunting. He was grunting. Which apparently means his lungs were a little wet. Anyway, they had to put him on a CPAP machine. He did really well. He got off that in about an hour. But And so it looked like, from what the nurses were telling us, that he was going to mm-hmm. come back up to our room. But uh, they weren't the doctors. So they couldn't sort of tell us when. And they couldn't actually say that this was definitely going to happen. And so it was, I guess, Sunday morning. He was born on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And Sunday morning, the NICU doctor came by. So we're up in recovery and Oliver's down in the NICU. He gets visited by the doctor, and we get a call in our room. And I answer the phone because we knew that this call would come when the doctor saw him. And the doctor just says he looks great because he'd been kept overnight just for monitoring. He looks great. And if you want, <laughs> I think the doctor said, if you want, a uh, little tongue in cheek, we can send him up to you guys and he can be there with you now. Uh, and then you'll be discharged together later from recovery. And I said, yes, we want that. <laughs> we'll take him. Uh, well, and he said, great, I'm going to write up the orders. And then I hung up and I just started crying. Whew, <laughs> even Still now. Cry. Yeah, it was a super <laughs> emotional moment. I think, you know, Rachel hadn't been able to go back and forth very easily to the NICU. And I'd gone a little bit more and kind of done some reporting back and forth. And there'd been a lot of needing to just be strong to like get us through this. And lots of anxiety, even as Oliver was like the simplest NICU case we could hope for. But in that moment, as I hung up, it was just this deep sense of relief. Mm. And then as I started crying, I was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the high of him coming back to us and a doctor saying, he's okay. We don't have to worry about this anymore. But then the other high was just as I started crying, I just felt, I, I realized in that moment, I'm a dad. Mm. Uh, because he kind of been taken at the beginning. We've been allowed to see him. They were super gracious in that respect. We were allowed to be with them at any time. But I just realized there was that kind of deep moment where it just the, to have relief course through your body about someone being okay, who you'd known for 24 hours. is like, oh, yeah, there's something there. Yeah. He felt ours in that moment. Yeah. 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 So that was a really poignant uh, special high for me. Whew, bringing the emotional Whew, take, Dad. Yeah, episode one. <laughs> you know, gotta gotta get people to subscribe and give us five stars. So it's just all about emotional manipulation. I joke to manage my own emotions. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but it was really special. 
So there's been so many highs. Yeah, lots of highs. Well, let's move into our final kind of segment, I guess. Tim's take. This can be anything. This can be an opinion. It could be a recommendation. It could be, I don't know, just a general soliloquy. Maybe I want to go first because I want you to land the plane. Is that okay? You go. Okay. My Tim's take is the particular gift that nurses who explain and empower are. Mm. We had so many nurses... So many nurses for 48 hours. There's a lot of you out there. So we had a lot of nurses who were coming in and out. And all of them, all of them were kind and helpful and generous people. Yes. And none of them ever made us feel uncomfortable. But there were some who just, just gave us extra explanation. And particularly, it's the nurses who were willing to explain something before we had to ask the question mm-hmm. or would be really patient <laughs> and just exuded patience. I mean, I still have no idea how to swaddle this baby boy, but in, in the hospital, we were swaddling him a lot. I was just failing. He's a squirmer. His arms would get out. And the nurse who was just like, call me at any time to do this. I will walk you through it again. You're doing great. I'm happy to the people who were kind of exceedingly extra generous mm-hmm. when they didn't need to be like, you know, it's their job, but when they just express that willingness. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. There was one nurse who was actually new, had maybe done some other work on different floors or whatever, but was training in this position. And so she was with another nurse and the other nurse was really frazzled and kind of stressed that she was having to train this person. But I just remember one of the times calling the nurse in while trying to learn how to breastfeed. And she just was so empathetic. She was like, hey, I'm a mom. I have twins and another kid. And this is hard, but you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to do this. And she patted my arm. And it just felt like she understood in that moment. And again, all of them were helpful, but she felt like she was the most in, in my space with me, kind of empathizing. Yeah, with. That's a, I mean, that's a great word, right? For what you kind of hope and want. And yeah, ner- all the nurses that we had were there for us. And then some were there with us. Yeah. And those nurses were a particular gift. Mm-hmm. So that's my take. That's a good take. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, nurses. Yeah, thank you. My take is a little lighter, but just how shocking it is that elementary skills that you thought you had have just disappeared. So math being one of them, you would think that you could tell time at one point in your life or that you could add numbers together. But when you're having to keep track of feedings and how many hours between feedings, and if I start at three but end at four, and I have to count three hours from when I started, it's like word math problems that you learned in second grade. And it's very hard to figure out when you're sleep deprived and all the chaos is happening around you. Thank goodness for modern technology and (laughs) apps that help you keep track of all of this stuff. But I just remember there being so many numbers the first couple days. Okay, you have to have three poops and three diapers for the third day and then on the fourth day. And then you're trying to track sleep and feeding. There's a lot of numbers. And it was a lot harder to do that math than I thought it would be. Uh, language is another skill that fails you quickly when you're sleep deprived. Oh my gosh. I will let Matt explain his most, uh, epic struggle. 
it's I mean it's so funny right the the time is so dense that there's so many stories you forget but we were driving through Chick-fil-A because they have peach milkshake which Rachel particularly wanted I that could, came out the day we were discharged from the hospital yeah so we went the next day to get it and I couldn't remember what it was exactly and so I thought maybe it was a mango peach because there's a mango tea or something like that and so we're driving up and you know, I'm, I'm going to put the order in because we're going through the drive through because of COVID and all these things. And so uh, I say, OK, so we're going to get a pango meach. And I paused because I knew that meach wasn't right. And so I went back and I said, OK, so we're getting a pango. And then I realized pango also wasn't right. And it was still just not like, a word. It was still not a word. And it was just like, wow. Yeah. My brain is the language centers are not kind of firing on all cylinders at this point. Eventually, I got it worked Eventually out. Eventually, got but when we get to the person taking your order, he was very peach milkshake. <laughs> Extra deliberate. She was probably like, ah, this guy's a little weird. It was hilarious. Oh, boy. So there you go. There's my take. That's great. That's a great take. Well, that's it's been it. fun. That's it for this week. Yeah, I mean, we always welcome feedback. Maybe one day there'll be a mailbag segment. Maybe. If we have people writing in, you can email us at timstake at gmail.com. That's easy to remember. What are the things you usually say at the end of the podcast? Subscribe, tell your friends. No, it's not really necessary. We'll tell you. Listen in for week two. But yeah, look forward to seeing what this week holds with little Oliver sleeping over in the bassinet to our right. Well, friends... I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. That's your Tim's take. <laughs>